Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this Thursday. So, a special edition, I guess, if you want to call it that, coming your way right now. We had on the radio show yesterday, Robbie Weinstein covers Vanderbilt for 24-7. Uh, about uh, 11 minutes or so uh, talking about the Ole Miss-Vanderbilt game from the Commodore perspective, and uh, I'm going to bring that to you right now. So hope you enjoy it. He uh, Look, there are some things, some good things that he had to say about Vanderbilt, but I, I liked Robbie. He was uh, pretty straightforward about the team and the program and the expectations for the game on Saturday. So if you wanted to know a little bit more about Vanderbilt, here is uh, a good chance to do that. Again, my name is Michael Borky. Follow me. On Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y is how you spell it. Also, if you're listening to this in browser on the website, uh, pull out your phone, pull out your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and if you like what you hear, leave a rating and a review. And before we get into it, I want to tell you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com, if you are a Mississippi company, if you have a Mississippi business, and you are in need of office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to uh, phone systems and cloud storage and data security. If it's technology, if it's in the office and your Mississippi business needs it, check them out again online, absms.com, Advantage Business Systems. will also give you a complimentary office technology assessment if you tell them that I sent you, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Party One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They have 16 locations scattered across the state of Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. They make you their priority by making you feel uh, like like a neighbor, truly. Every time I go in, I, I feel like they know me and they understand me. They, uh, I, <laughs> uh, I felt so bad the other day. Uh, I had to go to the bank to deposit a check, and... Uh, I try to avoid giving my little guy sugar as best I can. It's a short story, I promise. And um, one of the workers at the bank was walking through the lobby as we were waiting in line, and she handed James a sucker. And I had to, I, I, I just, I was like, no, 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 I'm sorry. Like he, he's, he's already had too much uh, sweet stuff today. Uh, and she, she felt so, she felt terrible uh, about being nice. I mean, that's the kind of experience that you have at a place like that. They were. Uh, just trying to be nice to a toddler, and I told her no, and she felt terrible. But that's the kind of experience that you have at uh, Priority One Bank because they make you their priority. All right, here we go. Uh, Robbie Weinstein of uh, 24-7 Sports talking Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. Here you go. Covers Vanderbilt 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at rw. Weinstein, we appreciate you hanging out with us a little bit this afternoon, Robbie. I want to start with this, actually. So, for for some reason, I was kind of bought into uh, Vanderbilt going into this season. And by bought in, I mean the over on the over-under win total. I expected, uh, frankly, I expected them to be just a, a little bit better uh, than they are at this point. 
Uh, was I crazy in that? What were the expectations of, of this Vanderbilt team going into the season, and, and how has the fan base felt about how it's gone so far? Yeah, no, I don't think you were crazy at all. I mean, the, I think the total before the season was three and a half, and they went five and seven last season with a worse roster. So there's there's really no reason, uh, particularly considering their schedule also got easier. They were just thumping Alabama for Auburn instead. Uh, there's really no reason to think that they shouldn't go five and seven at a minimum, if not six and six. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, what has happened essentially is yeah, probably uh, it, it is a young roster, and probably a number of the younger players have been less consistent uh, than maybe a lot of people, including I think within Vanderbilt, would have expected. Um, but on top of that, I mean, I think the coaching has been very subpar. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of staff changes this offseason. I mean, it's just not up to snuff at all. They, they've got one of the worst pass defenses in the country yet again, uh, despite having two pretty good starting safeties. And um, I, I think the the coaching has been a big issue, and we've seen Clark Lee start to drop some hints about that over the last few weeks. Uh, so uh, tell me more about that. Uh, he's uh, not satisfied with – is it scheme or, or maybe position coaches, players not being prepared to play? What is uh, what is he kind of hinted at? Yeah, I, I think um, – I, I think I – like it's basically it's – certainly I think both coordinators are probably going to be gone. And I think a lot of the assistant coaches in general probably will be at this point. Um, certain stuff, he's dropped some hints in press conferences, like, you know, wanting to get X player, like, for instance, Jaden McGowan, he said this about like, wanting to get this player, that player more involved in the offense or uh, not being happy with certain aspects of how they're preparing. I think what he said this week was that there's stuff that they need to coach better uh, at the beginning of the week that, you know, they look back and say, look back at each game and say, oh, we should have done this, should have done that. And he said that that should really be getting done on Monday and Tuesday. So I, I think he, he has um, made a lot of pointed comments recently about his staff. And, uh, you know, if I were on staff, on staff at Vanderbilt, I wouldn't be feeling uh, particularly safe right now. Yeah. Uh, other places well, take Arkansas, for example, a, a lot of staff turnover, uh, can lead to uh, some uneasiness uh, among fans. If you know if your staff's not you know doing the right things, doesn't that ultimately you know point back in your direction? Are Vanderbilt fans kind of feeling that vibe right now? Where you know if if your staff's not right, is that a you problem? Oh sure, yeah, I think that's very fair. I, I think that um, you know there are two mitigating factors there, but yes, uh, the fans certainly are not super happy with Clark Lee. I would say in general right now. The two mitigating factors would be, number one, Vanderbilt. Um, although they, I think they pay head coaches reasonably well, they do have the smallest salary pool for their staff, the, the support staff and the assistant coaches. And so I think you know I, there are going to be some limitations there. Uh, and then um, number two, uh, you know, I, I think that um, you know, he, Clark Lee just signed an extension. Uh, it was announced back in June or July. I'm not sure if it was actually signed right back then over the summer. But um, he's just not, I mean, he's not going anywhere, and I I don't think he probably should. Like, if you're Vanderbilt, um, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to just play the same game that the rest of the SEC teams do in terms of, if you think about Auburn, for instance, uh, these teams that are very impatient and fire coaches every two or three years. I I think if you're Vanderbilt, you probably have to try to play the long game in terms of hoping that continuity uh, can help you out long term. And on top of that, they do have a pretty good, like, I think their player acquisition model, especially their recruiting for high school players, is, is pretty good. They've, they've 
uh, their first two classes or first three classes that they've had have, have outperformed, I, I would say outperformed expectations and the talent level is substantially uh, better. So if they're not, you know, if we're talking two years from now and they still haven't made a bowl game, then that's obviously going to be a huge issue. But I, I think for now, I, I mean, I don't think Clark Lee's going anywhere, but uh, I do think fans are frustrated. There's been some questions about who are, uh, who's going to be taking snaps in Oxford on Saturday night. I guess last night we got some news on that front. Yeah, actually on Monday, uh, it, it's going to be Ken Seals. Uh, Clark Lee said that Monday on his coach's show. And going into the bye, there was some question about whether they would stick with him. He's kind of the veteran backup uh, with not a lot of arm talent, but he is accurate for the most part. And really, um, he's good before the snap, for instance, in terms of getting everyone organized. He's smart. He goes through his progressions. A.J. Swan is the guy with all the arm talent in the world, but he's thrown a lot of interceptions, committed a lot of turnovers this season. And he was battling through what they said was a right elbow contusion. I'm not sure exactly how... Uh, big of a factor that really was in his performance, but they had to decide over the bye week whether they were going to go back to Swan or stick with Seals. And for now, they've stuck with Seals, but I think that's probably pretty flexible, especially because Seals is set to graduate at the at, like in, in December at the end of the season. And the expectation for quite a while has been that he's going to grad transfer down to the Group of Five level and be a starter. So now that he's starting right now for them, maybe that throws that into question somewhat, but. Point being, it does still seem that Swan is more so the quarterback of the future, and so I would not be surprised if both guys play in this game or if Swan at some point over the last four games of the season gets back in there. Yeah, Auburn's a a group of five team that's looking for a quarterback. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. (laughs) Uh, So what what would a strength of this team be for an Ole Miss fan uh, listening to us right now that has not seen Vanderbilt play a a whole lot this season? what, What is an area of this team that uh, Ole Miss should be worried about, in your opinion? Well, their their players aren't bad, to be honest. I, I think their roster is a lot better than it's been. You know, for instance, if you look back to 2020 and 2021, uh, their roster is not bad. I mean, they've got big, tall, strong guys. They've got fast. I mean, they've got a lot of speed, and so I think that shows up the most on offense at wide receiver. They've got three, four, five really pretty good wide receivers. Will Shepard is the main one, and he. Um, you know, I think maybe his draft stock has slipped a little bit because he's had some drops this season as well as last season. But he's a potential like day two or early day three guy in the NFL draft. And then uh, Jaden McGowan, who I mentioned earlier, you know, he's a small slot receiver, but he runs a four three five, and he is pretty tough to cover. And so they've got three, four, or five um, pretty solid wide receivers. That, like not only do they have pretty good top end talent there, but also some depth. And so the issue has more so been, I think that was the problem for them earlier and why they went to Seals, other than the injury to Swan, is that they just need to get the ball into these guys' hands. They've got good weapons. Uh, they just can't be turning the ball over constantly. And that's, you know, that's what led to some of their ugly losses earlier. Elaine Kiffin's been highly successful at Ole Miss, and if you look at the final scores of the Vanderbilt game, you wouldn't think that what I'm saying is true, but he has quote-unquote struggled early in games anyway against Vanderbilt in his short tenure at Ole Miss. Is there, I mean, I assume the, the the hope from Vanderbilt people is that a similar thing happens, especially coming off of a bye and with Ole Miss having a, a bit of an emotional road win last week, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And the way that game collapsed last year for Vanderbilt was big plays. I think that started with 26-yard uh, touchdown run by Zach Evans, and then there was a fumble that, Ole Miss immediately turned into a touchdown, and then a 71- and a 72-yard touchdown pass uh, from Dart 
or whoever was playing quarterback at that point to uh, to Mingo. And so if you're Vanderbilt, I mean, their whole the whole Clark Lee defense, the whole idea of it is limit the big plays and stop him in the red zone. This is what made his Notre Dame defenses successful. But the big problem for Vanderbilt over his first three seasons is that they're not limiting the big plays. So that's going to continue to be the emphasis for them. Uh, and if you're Ole Miss, I think you can still feel pretty good about getting over the top against them uh, because uh, Vanderbilt's very young at corner. And I think they're improving there, but they're still definitely way below average by SEC standards. And so the way to attack Vanderbilt is more or less the same as it would have been in past years. I think they're a little better at the point of attack on defense, but corner is, is definitely going to be a weakness. Got about a minute left here. What do you expect to see on Saturday? I think, I think the, coming off the bye, and like you mentioned, Ole Miss coming off an emotional win, I do think those factors matter, and for that reason, I think Vanderbilt will probably keep a little more competitive early in the game than a lot of people uh, might expect. I think it wouldn't be a surprise to me if it's a one-score game at halftime or maybe even like last year if Vandy somehow had a lead at halftime. But I also think Vandy's pretty beat up, and Ole Miss, of course, is just a much more talented team, much more proven team. So, I, I mean, I'd expect them to kind of run away with it in the second half. Um, you know, Vandy covered for the first time all season against Georgia, and so I don't know how confident that I would feel in them covering the 24-and-a-half or whatever it is, but Ole Miss by something like 17 or 20 points sounds about right where they kind of separate after halftime. Robbie, we appreciate your time this afternoon and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.